Broadcasting from the heart of downtown Hollywood, this is SoFloRadio.com. Look, Doc, I spent last Tuesday watching fibers on my carpet. And the whole time I was watching my carpet, I was worrying that I, I might vomit. And the whole time I was thinking, I'm a grown man. I should know what goes on in my head. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I should just blow my brains out and end it all. But then I thought, when I, well, if I thought more about blowing my brains out, I started worrying about what that was going to do to my goddamn carpet. Okay, so <laughs> that was a good day, Doc. And, and I just want you to give me some pills and let me get on with my life. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to The Groovathon. I am Tony Zine, of course. I'm joined live by the dance master over here. I'm joined live in the studio by the master of production and engineering, the man who makes sure that our groove is satin smooth, and a man who would probably welcome a congressional subpoena just so he could get some stuff off his chest, which, of course, would inevitably lead to a contempt of Congress charge. Say hello to Georges. I like that uh, Dance Master Flash. The Dance Master Flash. You know, wouldn't it be nice if we could hold congressmen in contempt of constituency? We, that, we, yes. That would that would always be good. Don't of give it away. Oh, of course, every Groovathon centers around an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, baby, still managing to live the dream. So mucho mahalo to all of the folks listening live and downloading here in America and around the world, y'all. How you doing, pal? I know you're a little, a tad under the weather. Yeah, I just I don't want to get stuffy. Yeah. I'm going to look out the window and, uh, and think it's positive. It's beautiful. We got, we got those, uh, I, I think they're called cirrostratus clouds or something, those little wispy clouds. They're very nice. Yeah. A beautiful day. Getting our getting our sitar swirl on. I know you love group from, you know, all over the globe. This is a cut called Instinct Primitif, and it's done by Anushka Shankar. And if you recognize the last name, you should, because her father was Ravi Shankar, whom I believe... Uh, George Harrison once called, he called him the godfather of world music and perhaps the greatest musician on the planet. So, wow, praise from Caesar. Hey, it is. So we're back. This is our second consecutive three-week spread in between shows, and I, I really think that we may be stretching the adage, absence makes the heart yeah, grow fonder. That was my fault last time. Yeah, to its to its absolute limits. Hey, you know, last time it was, it was my thing, this time it was your thing. I mean, look, that's the downside of being forced into adulthood, or in my case, semi-adulthood. You know, sometimes being responsible gets in the way of our natural primal instincts to, you know, be irresponsible. Sure. Especially especially in your case. I mean, if you're Gramps Master Flash, Gramps... That's right. Gramps being the operative word in this limited instance. Thank God we are only beholden to the groove and not some plutocratic demagogue concerned solely Lordy. with his own well-being and image. So, you know, we, we only give in to the groove. So what that means, of course, is that there's lots of stuff to get to today, including Sly Stone finally getting paid enough to trick out his ride, which also happens to be his house. Carl Hyacin puts the NRA's bitches masquerading as Florida politicians in his crosshairs. Why Congressman Nunez only seems to give a shit about six states, none of which he represents. 
how the recent passing of two New York City icons has made heaven much richer in both mammon and morality. Also, I've got to look back at what could be a preview of this year's White House Correspondents' Dinner. And <laughs> I spent I know, and I spent an extra week off putting together some thoughts on what's been going on in the global petroleum market since the beginning of the year. And there's a lot. Okay, I've got one of the most shocking things you'll ever hear about the country of Saudi Arabia, whom we all believe just would. How is it possible these guys could have a budget problem? Because they're Saudi Arabia. They have 261 billion barrels of oil in known reserves. Guess what? They actually have a problem. I'm going to be talking a lot about that later on. Of course, all of that is going to be drenched in the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air, including perhaps the grooviest monkeys track you've probably never heard. And later on in the drive groove, I've, drive groove, I've got a tribute to a man without whom this show, or for that matter, rock and roll radio as we've come to know it, probably wouldn't exist. And that's the great one, Chuck Berry. Sure. There's no rock radio without Chuck Berry. That's it. That's it. There's, there's no like, rock. No. There's, yeah, there isn't. That's no. it. There's, there's no way around that. That means it's just past 2 o'clock and the only Hollywood that matters to you, Hollywood, Florida. And that means it's just past 8 o'clock in the morning. In the southernmost town in the United States, that's not Alehu on the Big Island of Hawaii. I have to uh, give uh, some apologies to my Ocean View Ohana, who now have to get up an hour earlier to uh, catch the groove live, since Hawaiians couldn't be bothered with the nuisance of daylight savings time, or for that matter. Now that I think about it, the concept of time at all. Honestly, if you went around the Kau District on the Big Island and randomly turned clocks forward or backward an hour, most of the locals probably wouldn't even notice for a while, if ever. All right. Also, the, the other thing is, you know, as the local NBC weatherman, a guy named Guy Hoggy, never tires of pointing out on the news like three times a week, once again, best weather on the planet. So I'm not exactly sure what they'd be saving for. All right. I remember, the, I, I remember this local guy there telling me that only a howley, that's what... Uh, People in Hawaii call the call mainlanders. They call them howlies. He goes, only a howlie would think that you can cut the bottom off of a rug, sew it onto the top, and believe that the rug is now longer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, that's a, in the other direction, of course, it's just past 6 o'clock at night in Dublin, Lytham, St. Anne's, Lisbon, and the rest of Western Europe. Yo, Gramps, you about ready to bang your gavel and have this groove committee come ready, to ready order? To bang it. Got my there gavel. There you go. Then raise your right hand and repeat after me. It's the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. Some are met from Ruby and wish mostly superstitious. Now the kings of media invent the swap of visions.
indeed. And yes, much too complicated. My lines, when stated, are quite often underrated. So consider it a privilege to hear this. The weak-minded opinions could never come near this. For my outlook on life is a profound view. While the suckers act down thinking that they sound new. Only a few sound true. Me and the crew know who. Cause see, me and the fellas have been waiting for a while now. Giving you the time to get your whack-ass style down. You punks pop junk as if life is a fantasy. Knowing that hard is something you can't beat. So you front. But you can never call my bluff. You catch hell, kid. You get dealt with. I never sleep. I always keep rhymes creep. I'm too deep. I'm too deep. I'm too deep. Psych, I'm taking your life Cause you continue to disrespect So I'ma get trite But then again, I think I'll spare you Cause I know that all it takes is one rhyme just to scare you See, I'm the holder of the key Don't ask me if I'm Muslim, don't say nothing to me I said I was raised like one son, I had two cousins They pushed me to find myself or else they knew I wasn't gonna make it And then end up a statistic My life was twisted I almost missed it, the chance. Yes, a chance to make you feel good. I used to steal goods and fake my parents out real good. But now I got K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E of self, cause I'm me. And the nation of Islam has my support. Cause they try to re-educate ones who I lost. And the 5% nation takes other steps to get through to the brothers on the corners with the reps and in the prisons. Giving the brothers new visions of how we can gain wealth and gain self-esteem and dream. Of a total different scene I dress clean, stand lean, say what I mean and I'm out Like a scout on a new route, exhibiting clout I never sleep, I always beat rhymes creep I'm too deep But right now, yo, my religion is rhyming Perfect timing, test the flow, then climbing Answer, Sunnite, Shihad, Jihad All must regard, the times are hard United Paris is the message that I cherish That goes for my people of all religions If we're all black, why have so many divisions? Superficial factors are drawing us apart Don't let it happen Let's put some respect back in So before I act, I think Cause it's the brink of destruction World corruption, what's up son? Your gun is just one And I just might have one or two Or maybe even three or four Plus an army of about 100 or more But violence is never my first choice I come in peace to release the effect of my voice I never sleep, I always beat rhymes creep I'm too deep, I'm too deep I'm 
Tonight, we honor a self-made millionaire. He started with nothing, worked hard, and made a fortune. That man is Fred Trump, Donald's dad. <laughs> Donald is very happy with his lovely wife, insert name here. 
Donald, you've got a great sense of humor. You've been so happy to embarrass yourself on Saturday Night Live in the casino business. When Trump bangs a supermodel, he closes his eyes and imagines he's jerking off. Donald say he wants to run for uh, president and move on into the White House. Why not? It wouldn't be the first time you pushed a black family out of their home. You've put up more worthless hotels than an autistic kid playing Monopoly. And Donald, uh, as long as I have you here, it's pronounced huge, not huge. And here's another one. It's pronounced, I am fucking delusional, not I am running for president. And Donald, I'm not even sure if you're aware of this, but the only difference between you and Michael Douglas from the movie Wall Street is that no one's going to be sad when you get cancer. Donald Trump is not only one of my oldest, dearest friends, he's also an American success story. When he graduated college, he put his shoulder to the wheel, nose to the grindstone, borrowed $6 billion from his father, and started a career. You've ruined more models' lives than bulimia. You've disappointed more women than sex in the city, too. Donald Trump, without a doubt, you're a New York landmark, which means it's only a matter of time until you bulldoze yourself to build some gaudy, tacky monstrosity and put your name on it. Please welcome the second worst tragedy ever to hit New York City. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald J. Trump.
Donald and I have a lot in common. We both live in New York. We both play golf. We both fantasize about his daughter. Because Donald's ego is so big, he videotapes himself masturbating and then masturbates to that video. <laughs> Donald Trump is such an egomaniac, he makes Hitler seem like he wasn't completely sure how he felt about Jewish people. <laughs> and now you're going to run for president. Don't you think that's a really cool idea, you guys? You'll keep them honest. You'll keep them honest, Donald. Personally, I hope you win, because I can't wait for the uh, assassination, I mean the inauguration. <laughs> Donald Trump, by sitting here tonight and letting us do this, you proved to every American voter that you have thick skin, that you can take a joke, that you are a man of the people.
about that almond brothers that one going out to my man howie out there he's always complaining oh, you never play any almond brothers man well there you go statesboro blues live at fillmore east absolutely one of the 10 best live rock and roll albums ever recorded in my opinion that's just, that's just up there in the top 10 without question with a bullet i might add for that cool in the gang funky man can't go wrong with a little cool in the gang yeah nope. you know what we got the uh Got the um, White House Correspondents' Dinner coming up. And so last week, on the last show, I was saying, you know, wouldn't it be good if the guy who does the uh, the roasts, yeah. you know, would do it? Well, guess what? He did. He acts it's already been done. That was uh, one. I've got two cuts from that. That one was Jeff Ross from 2011. I like the fact that he says, you know, it's a good thing you're running for president because this is back in 2011. You know? Now, I wonder, I wonder how he feels about that now. Whoops! <laughs> I don't know. Before that, yeah, dug this one out of the archives in there. The Honey Drippers impeached the president. That was released as a 45 in 1973. It's basically a guy named Roy Hammond uh, put that band together. He was actually known as Roy C. So he's basically my brother from another mother. All right. Yeah, you got to like that. Before that, Galactic. That is a brand new tune. Well, brand new came out, I believe, last year called Sugar Doozy uh, from their new CD called Into the Deep. They're out of uh, New Orleans. See a little New Orleans jazz going on there. Shout out to my gal Jody. She just bought a place. She bought a house in New Orleans, and I saw the picture. She fixed it all up. So if anybody's looking for a place to rent in New Orleans, send me an email, oh, Tony boy. C at SoFloRadio.com. I'll hook you up with my gal Jody out there. For that, yeah, a little more of the uh, Donald Trump roast. We were talking about that Lisa Lampanelli. We lo- we lovely we she, love I, her. I love her and fear, fear her. her. Oh. I just if I saw her walking down the street, I would dive into whatever doorway I was adjacent to. Oh, I I'll open dumpster or or oncoming traffic. Right, as long like, as you're not sitting no! in the first three rows of her show, you're fine. No! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my god, she's great, man. I love. Oh, her. She she's is, got. She is actually another thing. She roasts Donald Trump. There's another one that she does, and it was at. I'm not sure if it was from the Al Smith dinner many many years ago. I don't think so because she cursed a lot. 
Yeah. And I don't think you can do that at the Al Smith Dinner in New York. But I've got that as well, and I was going to get some clips from that. It just wasn't a good enough copy, and it was kind of spread out too much. I thought this one had, like, you know, you got a lot of stuff mm. in there. You know, the Seth MacFarlane stuff is just hilarious. He's, Seth MacFarlane really rips that stuff up. Before that, yeah, Led Zeppelin, Hot for Nowhere from Presence. Basically, that's my favorite Led Zeppelin album. I one of the most underrated rock albums of all time, John Bonham at his absolute heaviest for that gang star, Too Deep from Daily Operation 1992. Yeah, shout out to my man, Desi Dez from Desi Dez's Middle Finger Lounge, which is located between 104th and 105th on, uh, on Broadway. You know, actually now, Desi Dez's Middle Finger Lounge has now moved to 105th between Broadway and Amsterdam, so that's a whole other thing. And kicking off the set, yeah, Stone Temple Pilots, Sour Girl from there, from number four, came out in 1999. Fantastic rock and roll album. So, what went on? Well, (laughs) well, we've been going for three weeks, so there's a lot of stuff, and I'm not going to be able to get to it all, but these are some of the ones that absolutely uh, caught my eye. Let me see what we got right here. Um, Well, Sly Stone. Uh, 70s funk legend Sly Stone is awarded $5 million in back royalties while still living out of his van. He has like one of these converted vans, and mm-hmm. that's what he's been living in. for years. He's whacked out of his mind, in case you didn't know that. I had a friend of mine who met him at some show at BB Kings in New York. This is maybe four, five, six years ago, and said literally he's Looney Tunes at this point. But mm-hmm. he had been suing for back royalties, and it's Sly Stone. So let's just be clear about something. Whatever money he thinks he's owed, he's probably owed. Okay. He's probably, okay, I'm telling you straight up. Sure. He's probably, there's no way a guy like that, I don't know, living in, you know, he's living in a van. Down, I know it's yeah. literally all I can do to keep myself from going down that road. But, um, you know, nice to see him getting paid. So now he can trick yeah. out his van. <laughs> right? Well, what's the old expression? You can, you can, you can, uh, you can always live in your car, but you can't drive your house. Okay. Well, in sure. his case, right? Ding, 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 ding. All right. Some of the other uh, interesting things that caught my eye. IMF stands by Christine Lagarde, convicted of negligence. Okay. The International Monetary Fund threw its support behind its leader, Christine Lagarde, on Monday, despite her conviction in a French court on charges of misusing public funds. Now, this is the international... Monetary funded, right? Basically, them and the World Bank—they're responsible for you know doling out money to places in the world that need it. Right. Yeah. So I like the fact that they've taken a lady from France who has been heading up the place, saw that she was convicted of stealing money from the French, and said, "Oh well, that's only the French. We don't have to worry about global funds being ripped off by this chick." They kept her. They literally said, mm-hmm. "We would rather have a criminal running this, running the IMF, than to have nobody." You know, then to then to have, bring in somebody new and have it. I believe the term was uh, uh, rudderless. The twenty-four directors of the fund decided that it was that this was not the time to leave the IMF rudderless. That was their excuse for that one. So that caught my eye. What else we have in here? Oh, this one. Here's the one I know you're going to love. There is um, a couple of the Trump uh, people that have worked on his campaign have now said that they will go and testify. Um, uh, this guy, uh, Roger Stone, the other one uh, that took $10 million from a Russian oil company as a lobbyist. So this headline caught my eye. Trump ally Roger Stone says U.S. intelligence tried to assassinate him in a Wednesday hit and run crash. 
Roger Stone, the Watergate era GOP dirty tricks operative and longtime friend and confidant of President Donald Trump, claims that forces from the so-called, you love it, deep state, <laughs> okay, tried to kill him in a hit and run auto collision on Wednesday. Uh, Mediaite.com reported that Stone appears to have survived the crash relatively unscathed. Damn. He appeared on conspiracy theorist Alex Jones' Wednesday edition of InfoWars to make his accusations against the government. It didn't seem like an accident to me, Stone told Jones. I'm a consistent critic of the deep state, and that's why I think I'm targeted. Now, if you go to a site called rawstory.com, the interview that he does is on the sh- is on that. It's a, it's a video interview. That's a good site, by and the way. A lot of material on there. What raw story? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's it is. There's some great stuff, and this is a must watch. Seriously, sit down, crack open a fresh Ooh. bottle of Jack. I don't know if I want to crack open a fresh bottle of Jack. Okay, and then watch the Roger Stone interview on Alex Jones show. It is, it is everything you think it is and more. It's <laughs> okay. er- a li- I. I'm watching it and I'm two minutes in and I'm literally, I'm like, all right, drinking isn't going to be enough. I need an IV stat of like Everclear. That's what I needed. So I recommend that highly. Um, let me see what else. Here's one um, from Carl Hyacin, one of my favorite writers. He's a fantastic writer. He is a guy from Florida. He's written, he, he writes a lot about stuff that's taking place in Florida. And this is from... The Miami Herald, uh, the date on this was, I can't remember what the date on this was. It was a couple of, oh, March the 3rd, 2000. Uh, Florida lawmakers convene, it's the, the title of the piece is called Bang Bang, You're Dead, and So Are You and You and You. Okay. Florida lawmakers convened this week in Tallahassee, an event traditionally kicked off by a barrage of wacko gun legislation. <laughs> Okay. This year, some of it actually stands a chance of passing. The, okay, The worst by far is a bill filed in both the House and Senate in Florida that would eliminate all gun-free zones in the state. If passed, persons with concealed weapons permits would be able to carry firearms to pro sports events, bars. Yeah, what could go wrong there? Okay, Police stations. You can carry a gun into a police station hey, now. Hey, the police can. Okay, hey, here's one you'll like. K through twelve public schools, sure. Public colleges and university courthouses. Mm-hmm. What could go wrong there? What could possibly go wrong with being allowed to carry a gun into a courthouse? Hey, house? if I had been allowed to, Polling. something would have gone right. <laughs> like my bring divorce. <laughs> okay. Also, you can bring them into polling places, government meetings, seaports, and airport yeah. passenger terminals. What could possibly go wrong? What I I th- there's logic. That's pragmatism. Nice. In the gun argument right there. Just let everybody take them. Any, anybody who wants a gun can get a gun and take it anywhere they want. That's it's, not- it's the nuclear deterrent. After a little bit, listen, there will be a little bit of an adjustment period where a lot of people will die. Right, but then we'll kind also- of like Kind of like inoculation. The people that don't will be very, very polite. You'll see <laughs> a very polite society yourself, will me. rise out of the dust. When the dust settles, everyone will be carrying a sidearm and... And there'll be the bunch of hat tipping. Oh, yeah, a lot mother. of people wearing. Hello! Because that's how it was. Hello, how are you? I know I can kill you. I know you can kill me. I can kill you. Right, that's right. Street, you're, you're, so you figure street crime will go down. I figure it'll we, go up because everybody's just going to look at that as the first option. As opposed to talking to somebody, arguing with somebody, or beating somebody up. I, they're gonna. The initial response is going to be 
Listen, the the you problem know, is when a, when, a, when a crazy person and a gun get together, which is why I oppose their no background checks and and things like that for right. the mentally ill or people with with criminal records, and so do most gun owners. Gun yes. owners, uh, I'll buy agree a huge NRA. The 70%. NRA uses uses the gun thing as a MacGuffin because really all they are is a fundraising apparatus for right wing causes using the gun issue as as well. The they're base, also the, they're also the, basically the, the the pitch man in the PR. Firm right. for gun manufacturers, but but just to get in in in, in a semi facetious way, let me tell you something. <laughs> semi, yeah. Uh, it, as as a as a big Second Amendment advocate, if you made me gave me um, a list of places where I would want to have my gun on me, all right. I would here's here's what my list would be. All right, uh, when I'm going to the bank, number one, okay. ATM. All right, bank, sure, sure. number okay. two, when I'm going to the bars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I'm not a big guy, all right? And there are big drunken what assholes the, in the, the bars. bars hey, you, hey, you little fool! Bang, 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 bang! Fuck you, asshole! You're dead, all right? What bars are you going to, pal? Uh, listen, if I had a gun, bars full of really polite people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you know, like, as you've always said, arm yourself, hippies. Arm Look, yourself. I recommend that article. That is uh, from the Miami Herald from March the 3rd. And it's by Carl Heisen. And look, it doesn't matter whether you agree or not agree or disagree with him. He's mm. a fantastic writer. He writes really, really, really well. It's such it's a lot of fun to read this guy. I've read a lot of his books mm. and he's great. So here's the other one that caught my eye. And uh, I don't have a headline for this. I just kind of noticed it because Congressman Nunez of California is the head of the uh, House of Representatives Intelligence Committee uh-huh. talk about an oxymoron, but but I digress. And they were doing their questioning of uh, FBI head uh, Comey, Comey, and the head of the NSA, who was a guy named Rogers. And what Nunez was doing in order to deflect. Okay, once again, we're we're in an age of massive deflection. How can we have people not pay attention to the real crime? And the real crime, of course, is that Russia. And that's what these these hearings are about. The hearings are about whether or not Russia futzed with our elections. Right. Okay. And so what Nunez does, and the the other guy was, uh, I can't remember his name. It's a sweaty guy from California as well. (laughs) Um, You know, one of these other jerkos. But Nunez decided to sit down and ask NSA directors Rogers if there was any evidence of the Russians influencing the vote tallies in six specific states. And he listed them one by one. He goes, is there any evidence that they... um, that they influenced the votes in, and then he, these were the states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Florida, North Carolina, and Ohio, none of which he represents. He's from California. Any idea why he used those six states? Yeah, because yeah. they're battleground states. They were swing states. Those were states, at least four out of six of those states, as I see it, were, so, were a week before the election thought to be solidly in Clinton's camp. Right. Okay. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and uh, North Carolina, Florida and Ohio had uh, some some game in there. Okay, mm-hmm. but the other four were considered solidly in Clinton's camp. Now, here's the thing: on the last show that I did, mm-hmm. I pointed out that there were two states, Indiana and Idaho, that had um, that had basically accused Homeland Security. Of fussing with their, of hacking into right. their election systems. Ten 
10,000 times. 10,000 separate attacks by us on our own thing. Yet, that doesn't seem to concern this guy. It's the six states that were in play. That's, That's what concerns this guy. That's how bad it's gotten now that we have literally... You know, we're not paying attention. This is why I'm going to be talking about oil later extensively. Because what we're doing now, unfortunately, is we're missing the shit that's ma- that matters. We're so wrapped up in how fucked up our president happens to be. His inability to either desire or actually discern between truth and lies. <clears throat> right. Okay, he, he either does not want us to know that he knows the difference or actually doesn't know the difference. I'm right. 50-50 on that, but you know, either either way he's a liar. It doesn't matter yeah. what the reason is. Right. I know that he's he a liar. He says things that aren't true. Is he lying? Is he crazy? Either. Both. Right, both. I got no problem, you know, they're 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 not mutually exclusive. You could be crazy and a liar. He's a crazy liar. That's what he is. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And if you want, you know, and now here's the joke. I, I can't help myself. I just can't help myself because the hearing that is coming up this week, which is supposed to be open again, where they're going to be bringing in um, uh, Clapper, the right. guy from, uh, you know, one of the agency guys, a CIA guy or Homeland or whatever he runs. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's supposed to be an open hearing. You know, you're supposed to be able to watch it on C-SPAN. Yeah. Okay. No, not this time. Because since... The last hearings last week, Nunez trotted off to the White House Mm -hmm. and gave Donald Trump a heads up on what he has now discovered, which, of course, he hasn't told us. Right. He's not telling us that. And then he went to the press. Then he went to his colleagues that sit on that particular committee with him in the House of Representatives. And he made a unilateral decision. He's the head of the committee. So this wasn't one of those things where people sat down and said, yeah, why don't we take a vote and decide whether or not it's, we should be holding this in open? Is there stuff that's going to come out that is of national security interest that we need to hear during this hearing, but that the public cannot be made privy to because it is top secret? It could put our law, put lives of Americans in danger. It could screw OK, that's not the issue here. We don't know what the issue is. All I know is that it's going to be a closed hearing where they question Clapper. Mm-hmm. So, as I said before, clap on. No, 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 no. Clap off. No clapper. I did. I could. I'm sorry. You're going to hell for that. One. I know I'm going to hell for that. Like, yeah. Like I wasn't already going there. As long as I'm going, I want to come in with some material ready to go. I got to have at least a five minute routine the minute I go downstairs. Otherwise, hot isn't going to be the word. Okay, we're scorching is what I'm going to be experiencing. Anyway, anyway. Anything else? Anything else you can think of? Don't. Oh, uh, yeah. I, oh, God help us all. Hey, you know what? Tons and tons of groove. And when I come back after this next set, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to jump into the deep end of the crude pool because, honestly, we're missing some stuff. There's, there's some stuff that's being missed out there. And, you know, it's up to because I get into this shit. I do the homework so you don't have to. I've got all the numbers ready to go. But we're going to keep the groove going right now. A little super tramp. On the Groove of Don on SoFloRadio.com. Oh! 
it is you just said my knife i don't understand my knife you said you took my knife from the hotel room you see in my trade this is called what you did you cracked out of turn huh you see you crumb the play my knife what do you want what do you fucking want from me you want your 80 grand back i can't give it back i split it up what do you want revenge I gave you my trust. Of course you gave me your trust. That's what I do for a living. You asked me what I did for a living, this is it. Look, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hurt you. Really. You're a good kid. Now, whatever it is you feel that you have to do. Sit down, please. I'd love to, but I, I... said to sit down. What are you going to do, go to the cops? I may. And tell them what? What are you going to tell them, stud? That the author of the best-selling Driven, A Guide to Compulsive Behavior, gave her fortune away to some con man? You see my point? Well, we've had fun. You must say that. I'm a disc jockey, remarkably cocky, with every good reason to be. And I'll say it, though maybe I oughtn't. I'm really most frightfully important All the teenagers, though simply outrageous Believe every word that I say I get the new records as soon as they're in Then pick out the ones that create the most din And the fools go and buy everything that I spin I'm the big DJ The big DJ
talk about buddy on this plate but before we let the herd out the gate make sure all the levels are straight out the jungle the jungle the brothers the brothers
of sleeping in the subway. I have my own jet plane. I'll be sipping on fine bowls of lay and getting off the night train. Instead of trying to cop it, get high. And now for Bedland, we're going to summit meetings in Russia and Japan. You see a mile and miles of footage everywhere I win. I had the gall to come around, they blocked with my cock diesel system and turn it up to 10 and then start the discipline. They didn't want to battle if they did when they saw me. They'd have opened up their trunk, but they tried to ignore me. Hey, little suckers, I know you hear me calling you. But you wanted some, but I see that you're all in two. Frontin' ain't no future in your front, and so let's get it on like Marvin Gaye. Take the cash and sit it on the hood of your wick whack, low riding Cadillac. Back up your boys and let's start the battle act like, you know. The master ace don't play when it comes to my bass. Ah, check it out, baby. Check it out, dog. Check it out, baby. Check it out, dog. Check it out, baby. Check it out, dog. Check it out, baby. I was born wrong. Robbing down the block like. 
like what else should a brother do? It's Saturday, it's Saturday, the heat might smother you. Rolling down my windows, yeah, I have an air conditioner. But I got the sound, I want the whole world to listen to. Waiting at a red light, Kentucky Fried Chicken in. Blow it very taping, bass crazy kicking in. See this Puerto Rican, Latin Chico Rico Suave. In the red Corolla, hey, yo, does he wanna play? Pulling up beside me, looking like he wanted. Show me what you got, then watch me get up on it. Holding up traffic, but we can't hear they horns, cause he got music grande, yeah, he got it going on. But I think I better school him, cause he don't know the time. So I'm turning up the boom, cause he cannot mess with mine. Brothers hit me hitting from like 50 blocks away. I wanna turn the heads so you know I got to play. High decibels, passing through a residential district. See a few cuties and I turn it up like this quick. Need I, need I, man, don't sleep. I got the, I got the, I got the woofers in my Jeep. America don't wanna hear the sound of the bass drum, jungle music, go back to Africa, nigga I'll arrest ya if you're holding up traffic, I'll be damned if I listen, so cops save your breath and write another ticket if you have any left, I'm breaking eardrums while I'm breaking the law, I'm disturbing all the peace cause sister soldier said war, so catch me if you can, if you can, here's a donut, cause once you drive away, yo you know I'm gonna go nut, and turn it up to where it was before, nice try, but you can't stop the power of the bass in your eye, I wonder if I blasted a little Elvis Presley, when they pull me over and attempt to arrest me, I really doubt, doubt it, they probably start dancing, jumping on my tip and pissing in their pants and wiggling and jiggling and grabbing on their pelvis, but you know my name so you never hear no Elvis, strictly the hardcore dirty street level hits, guards on my side so watch what the devil gets, positivity hitting 50 levels deep, coming out the, coming out the woofers, baby, I was born on If you walk out that door, I'm going to kill you. I don't believe you. What is life without adventure? What? What do you want me to do? You took my money. How naughty of me. You raped me. Is that what I did? You took me under false pretenses. Golly, Margaret. Well, that's just what happened then, isn't it? Okay, look. You got stung and you're hurt. I can understand that. You're stuck in your steamer. I want to know how you could do what you did to me. It wasn't personal, okay? And funny as that sounds, I'm sorry that it happened. But it did. And we've all got to live in an imperfect world. You used me. I used you. I did. I'm sorry. And you learned some things about yourself that you'd rather not know. I'm sorry for that, too. You say I acted atrociously. Yes, I did. I do it for a living.
Socialization continues unabated. <laughs> Calibro 35, Bandits on Mars. Before that, yeah, I sent you that movie. Um, movie House of Games, if you haven't seen that. Another David Mamet gem. Uh, fantastic stuff. That is, uh, I put two clips into that set there. That was clip number two, of course. You know, it was the, uh, I acted atrociously. Of course, it's what I do for a living. <laughs> I love that. Before that, yeah, I put a little three-song set in there that I just couldn't help myself with. Master Ace, Born to Roll, from Sitting on Chrome, 1995. That's uh, He's from the Brooklyn Posse, the, uh, the Juice Crew that had, um, let me see, who, who else was in that? Uh, Big Daddy Kane was in that. Uh, cool G Rap was in that. Master Ace actually was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis back in 2000. He didn't reveal it to, uh, to his fans, to the public, until like 2013 or something. So, uh, you know, rooting for him. Hopefully that gets better. Before that, go friend of mine, good friend of mine, Ron Sunshine, doing his song President. That is from Soul Drug, which was, uh, that came from way back. Uh, my boy Ron's voice, I tell you something, his, his harp skills, they are as pure butter baby today as they were 20 years ago uh, when Soul Drug was originally recorded. So that's an old friend of mine from the Upper West Side. And before that, DJ New Mark from a mix uh, CD that he put out called New Crack City. And I was originally going to use that as an opening, you know, because of the DJ thing, you know. I am the DJ and all that. But uh, literally the Barry White groove in the middle of that. Okay, I, I felt morally obligated to include that Stone Cold group because it's Barry White. It's, I mean, you, you play it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it, okay? Before that, yeah, a little bit more from House of Games. You know, you, you took advantage of me. Yeah, I'm a con man. It's what I do. You asked what I did. This is, a, this is the representation of I, what I do as a no, con I, man. I hate con men. I know. But, but, really yeah, am. but the movie itself is fantastic. And it's a good movie, but it, it's one of those movies that makes me angry. Although, you know, they, they sewed it up. They, know, they do so to, right look, up he gets the blown away ending, at the right end. Until the great ending. Yeah, I always ruin it for everybody. Oh. Like I'm in a movie that pre-ruin it. I don't worry about You're it. You're a bastard. Sorry. I, we'll cut. You want to cut that out of the show? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Kicking off the set. Yeah, one of our favorites over here, Super Tramp Dreamer from Crime of the Century. That was her third album. I Actually, when I was living in uh, Dublin, I traded uh, the album. The, the, the album that came out after that, it's my favorite Super Tramp album, which is uh, Crisis What Crisis. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually traded... A Beach Boys Greatest Hits cassette for the album Crisis What Crisis. Yeah, and I, good, I made out like deal. a bandit on that one yeah. because I got the original pressing and the Beach Boys Greatest Hits you can get anywhere, anytime, in any country. So I did okay with that. All right, you ready? Oil. I'm ready, oil, yeah. Okay. What about it? Well, here's the thing. I, I, there was a posting. I, I've kind of made a pledge not to uh, berate people publicly for my own amusement on Facebook. I'm, I'm really doing my best not to do that anymore. All right. And so this guy wrote this thing about oil and he was basically he was saying, you know, don't don't get mad at oil companies. This, you know, they do good things. This is all the good things they do. And 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 I couldn't help myself. So I ended up writing this thing. It's called the Drillers Shillers. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) And it was my attempt at pragmatic refutation in an age of cognitive dissonance. All right. Okay. I wanted to say, you know, this is that the guy subtitles was, that in parentheses under there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, but it's called the drillers shillers. And it's about mm. people who unknowingly are, are shilling for oil companies, despite the fact that it is basically not in their best interest to do so. All right. OK, so a few things that have come along recently. Well, the Trump, the Trump has now OK the Keystone XL 
mm-hmm. pipeline. Now, it's important to understand a few things. One, the Keystone XL pipeline is there to transport Canadian tar sands mm-hmm. oil to the refineries. Right. Uh, which are here in the in the, the U.S., the, mostly the down in Texas. There's actually mm-hmm. a whole bunch of them up in the north as well. In, Illinois, Michigan, and Wisconsin have refineries as well. To they they were put up there and they were refining. There's also refineries in California. Mm-hmm. There's refineries uh, in other places in the Gulf. But basically, that's the reason why. And what you need to understand is that the tar sands oil is the most expensive. Yeah. Crude oil, and it's called crude. Okay, because that's it. It is a crude form of what we know as oil. Right. Okay, there's different kinds of it. Light sweet crude, Texas intermediate crude, or West Texas intermediate crude. There is Middle Eastern crude. There's North Sea crude. Okay, these are all, and they all have different formulas. They all have different, they're composed differently. Some Mm -hmm. are thicker, some are thinner and stuff like that. This is the most expensive. It's also the dirtiest methodology. Right. It's sand. <laughs> it's, it's sand. They have to squish it out. Right. They literally squish it. Yeah. Okay. And you have to understand that because oil is a global market, it is not, you know, we don't, every time, this is one of those things I wrote, I was like, I roll my eyes every time some politician says they have a, a, uh, a, a plan to keep gas prices low. Shut the fuck up. You're lying to any time yeah. some politician tells you that they have a plan to keep gases, gas prices low. They're lying to you. End of discussion. Period. They, they have no effect. None. Zero. None. Zero. None. Zero. Okay. When you suddenly dump a whole bunch of really expensive crude oil onto the open market, you're going to wind up raising the overall global price of crude oil. Okay. First things first. Right now, crude oil is like at $50 a barrel. So it's already pretty low. This is basically where we want it. For $50, it should be even lower. But $50 a barrel is about right. It's about right. Okay. Okay. That's that's literally what are gas prices now down here. About two forty, two thirty, two forty for for regular. Yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah. Okay. Reasonable. Uh huh. Reasonable. You go to Europe, petrol's like five, six dollars a gallon. Sure. A liter, whatever. Um, the question that you need to ask yourself is, by bringing all of this really expensive oil into the open market and thus raising the overall price, okay, you put something that's more expensive into a pool of stuff that costs less, that raises the overall price of each unit because it's all conglomerated together. The question you need to ask is, who does that benefit? Who does that benefit? Well, it's not me. It's not you. Okay. Then we've got Rex Tillerson. Okay. This headline definitely caught my eye. Let me see where this one is. Uh, Tillerson... Tillerson plan to skip NATO, visit Russia, puts allies on edge, on edge. He's basically blowing off the NATO conference. Uh, State Department scrambled Tuesday to suggest new dates for Secretary of State Rex Tillerson to attend a meeting of NATO foreign ministers after his plan to skip the annual gathering, but travel to Russia came to light. Okay, he didn't announce it. It was just discovered. Mm -hmm. He, like, made that, okay? It's, this would have been his first Meeting as Secretary of State, our ambassador to the freaking world. Mm-hmm. He didn't think NATO was as important as going and well, talking they, to Russia. They hate NATO, Tillerson and Trump and all of those people. And right, Bannon. globalism bad. Hate NATO. Xenophobia good. Right, don't want to spend any money. Yeah. All right. Certainly don't want to cover the people that uh, that, that aren't paying what they're what their pledged uh, you know dues are. Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, and so you have to so. Keep that on your radar screen. Also, this one really caught my eye. Um, 
crew released without ransom after ship hijacked off of Somalia. Now, this is the first time uh, eight Sri Lankan crew members of a fuel tanker hijacked off the coast of Somalia earlier this week have been released unarmed without a ransom payment, according to the Sri Lankan government. Now, here's the other thing you need to know is that the government of Sri Lanka Mm -hmm. is lying to you. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm almost certain of it because no government wants to openly admit that they paid a ransom. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's... So that came there. It was the first major hijacking in East Afri- in the East African nation in almost five years and has raised fears that Somali pirates were back in action. Now, this is basically about five years ago when oil prices started to plummet, mm-hmm. okay, when the fracking thing kind of, you know, went by the way, to, you know, went the way of the dinosaur. <laughs> Good reason. Oh, my God. Too easy. Too right. easy. But basically, these guys have been hijacking oil tankers off the coast of Africa, mm-hmm. okay, particularly off the coast of Somali, Somalia, okay, because the oil was worth a lot of money. And so they knew that the value of the oil was, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So they could convince whoever owned the tanker and whoever owned the oil, they could hold it for ransom for sure. a couple of million dollars. Sure. But then when the price of oil went down, the hijacking stopped. It wasn't valuable enough. They were just like, oh, go fuck yourself. Take the boat. Take the oil. Go fuck yourself. We could always make more, I guess. If there are other- uh, I guess. But now, you know, I think that maybe the Somalis know something that we don't know yet about the rise in the price of oil. I'm just saying, when when Somali pirates are ahead of the game, that's when you that's when you know it's time to start paying attention. So, All right. All right. We've got prediction. those three things. We've got the Keystone XL pipeline now right. going back in a back in action by the way that's going to create 50 permanent jobs 50 five oh 50 don't spend those tax dollars all in one don't spend them all in one place yeah i literally and it's going to be built in a year so you know the 3900 or 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 whatever it is however many people they put to work that's one year's worth of work one year that's it Mm -hmm. unless you've got a plan to build more and more and more and more pipelines which i i would imagine somewhere on the drawing board okay at the end of the day 50 people get jobs from that. Don't let anybody ever tell you anything different. So you've got that. You've got Tillerson planning to meet with Putin, okay, who runs a country whose economy is primarily based on oil. Right. And you've got Somali pirates suddenly uh, back in the game, back in the, uh, yeah. back in the hijacking game again. What are you saying? What are okay. you implying? Where are you going with this? Okay, so, <laughs> so check this shit out. Saudi Arabia is getting ready to make an IPO. For 5% of its national oil company, which is called Aramco. That is the Saudi oil company. And it's basically what the Saudis are doing is they're shopping the IPO around to various stock exchanges around the world, including the New York Stock Exchange, which is the most preeminent one. Mm. But when you do an IPO, if you want to do, you don't have to do it here in America. You can do it on any state. You do it in London, Singapore, Hong Kong, wherever. There's an article that came out. It's called Kingdom Come. New York may be a long shot for a Ramco IPO. New Quote, New York is absolutely out due to regulatory restrictions. It is not a maybe. It's a definite. An international stock market listing means opening up its books to regulators and ultimately to greater investor scrutiny. Some doubt that Riyadh would be prepared to meet such such transparency demands despite plans to only float 5% 5% of Aramco. Now, Aramco is basically the royal family, the House of Saud. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. It's their company 
It's the Saudi National Oil Company. And what they're doing is they are basically saying, we're going to put 5% of that and we're going to leave it on the open market. We're going to allow you to buy stock in that 5% of our company. Mm-hmm. Okay? The quote, the Aramco deal, the Aramco IPO is a great PR stunt, said one analyst. How can one establish a valuation for a company that thus far has kept its reserve data a state secret? Tearing a 5% piece of the company and throwing it into the open market while the other 95% is a black box will not fly with prudent investors, said one investor. Okay, now there's some other factors to remember here. We talked about this last year. The U.S. Congress on September 28th overrode President Barack Obama's veto of the Justice Against Sponsors of Terrorism Act, or JASTA. That's the one which made it possible for victims' families from 9-11 to sue the government of Saudi Arabia. Because that's where, what, 17 of the 19? Nine out of the 11. Yeah, whatever. You know, 90% of the people, okay? At least seven lawsuits alleging Saudi government support uh, and funding for the 9-11 attacks have landed in federal courts in the last six months since Congress overrode President Obama's veto and the door to such litigation over the fierce opposition of Obama. Such unwanted legal attention may dissuade Riyadh, which is the capital of Saudi Arabia, from a U.S. listing, one banker said. New York is less likely because of, JAS- because of the JASTA action. New York is a bit of a risky operation. And the thing to keep in mind is that in order for the IPO to happen there, it, there has to be what's known as an independent audit of the oil reserves. You can't put a value on something unless you've figured out, unless you've done an audit on what experts believe it's worth. You can't an- put out initial stocks and an initial offering and say, this is the per share price. This is how many shares are going to be available. So that would have a total valuation. And then that valuation would be 5% of Aramco. Well, in order to figure out what those shares are worth, somebody has to go and do an independent audit. Now, that gets done basically every year to a certain degree. The, uh, the World Petroleum Council, WPC, basically does estimates on who, who is producing the most oil and who has the most proven reserves. The result of that audit and whether it undershoots or overshoots the official Saudi figure of 261 billion barrels will determine the current estimate value of 5% and the initial share price. Okay. Now, side note here. I wrote this down. Side note, Saudi Arabia is number two. On the list of yeah. proven oil yeah, reserves are. behind <laughs> Venezuela. Oh, that's right, right. Russia is number eight with approximately 80 billion uh, barrels, and uh, which is twice as much as America. We have 40 billion proven reserve barrels, according to the World Petroleum Council. Quote, ultimately, Aramco and the global exchanges will be betting that the sheer size of the IPO, which is expected to raise up to $100 billion, will eclipse the politics and not the other way around. That's what yeah. investors, okay? These mm-hmm. guys, their only thing is, can I make money out of this? Right. They're betting that the politics won't be as important as the profits okay. that they can obtain. Now, consider all of this, okay? And keep, okay, keep everything I've just said, and keep this in mind. Saudi Arabia did something at the end of 2016, which it has basically never done before. It released... Their 2017 budget. Okay. And along with numbers from 
pardon me, 2015 and 2016 as far as their budget deficit, just like we do. Hmm. We release a budget every year. Okay. How much do we take in? How much goes out? In between is the deficit. All right. That's in plain simples. Okay. And it's the first time in history that the House of Saud has made its proposed national budget a matter of public record. Why, you may ask? Well, here's something I'll bet you wouldn't have figured. Saudi Arabia has had a budget deficit the last couple of years. In 2015, it was 362 billion rials. Rials are the currency. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia. That translates to about $96 billion. They had a budget deficit in 2015 in Saudi Arabia of $96 billion. You wouldn't have did it. I yeah. know. The, your first thought is Saudi Arabia. Don't, don't they? Don't they literally yeah, grow yeah. money right. under, yeah. underneath the ground? I mean, can't they just print money? Basically, is mm. well, yeah. The in 2016, that deficit shrunk to 297 billion dollar rials, which is 79 billion dollars. So it went down a little bit. In the opinion of Bloomberg News, okay, the plans. Um, what they're doing now is they submitted their budget, and the budget has austerity in it. They stopped paying a lot of their contractors. Um, there's some interesting stuff in here about what they did. Uh, so the plans are a culmination. The plans for this new budget, the 2017 mm-hmm. budget they proposed, are a culmination of a year that saw the biggest economic overhaul in Saudi history. As Deputy Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, the son of King Salman, you know, all these guys who are ministers and, uh, uh, you know, officials— they're all part of the Saudi royal family. Let's right. just, you yeah. you got to keep that part in mind, too. Okay? Uh, they charted out a strategy to end the kingdom's addiction to oil. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. Heavy. Right. Even though Brent crude rebounded this year to about $55 a barrel, it is 35% below its 10-year average. In one of the boldest steps announced, and this is important, Energy Minister Khalid Al-Fali... I don't know. He's a cousin of. He's got to yeah, be a cousin of somebody. Sure, right. He said that the cost of fuel, which is gas for cars, and electricity will be linked to global prices within four years. Okay, that is something that Saudi Arabia has never done. They have lived Saudi. Basically, the Saudi government has done what it had to do to keep the cost of gas and electricity artificially cheap for its citizens. Okay, they they threw in their own money. Okay, non-oil revenue is already becoming a more important becoming more important to finances with its ratio to total earnings climbing to 38% in 2016. 38% of Saudi Arabia's economy, GDP, global uh, you know, mm-hmm. dem- you know, their their gross domestic product, okay, was from non-oil products, okay? 5 6 years ago, mm-hmm. okay, it was less than 10%. 90% of their GDP was oil. Because it's Saudi fucking Arabia. Right. What else they got? Sand. The ob- actually, they do sell sand, don't they? <laughs> they actually do. That's right. The objective of reaching a balanced budget goes through a lot of work. We look at oil revenue and we stress test it against a lot of scenarios, Finance Minister Mohammed Al-Jadan said in an interview. Uh, he's, some, he's the other guy. Another he's one, yeah, Al-Halid's cousin. cousin, right, cousin. Sure. Yeah. Okay. We want to make sure we are very disciplined. That's what he said. Saudi citizens... Have started. This is this is what really kind of made me go boing. Saudi citizens have started coming to terms with how the Saudi Vision 2030 plan. This is their long-term economic plan that they've drawn up. They've come to terms with how it's going to affect their lives. Bonus payments for state employees were canceled. 
ministers' salaries were slashed by 20% in September. Mm. The government started raising the price of fuel at the end of last year, including an increase in the price of gasoline by a minimum of, you think we got it bad, 50%. That's the minimum. That's the minimum. The minimum. All right. Okay? To lessen the blow, and this is the thing about governments and how they disperse money that they have taken in through whatever means. This is the thing that always freaks me out. Listen to this. To lessen the blow on the lower-income citizens of the country, which has uh, – the population is 31 million. Saudis will be able to apply to a 25 billion rial, which is about $7 billion. They will be able to apply to this uh, $7 billion fund for cash payments to help them cope with lower subsidies. Deputy Labor and Social Development Minister Ahmad al-Hamedan said the program will increase in size to $60 billion, which is about uh, seven, uh, 14, 14, about $17 billion by 2020. Now, you got to love this shell game because basically what the Saudis are doing is they set up a fund to help poor people get the money that the government just took away from them. Right. They're getting yeah. rid of subsidies, and they're going to make you come back and apply right, for, more subsidies. for more subsidies. Sure. Okay. Makes sense to me. I, I literally, it's, you know, and what I thought of is just like the fucking Howleys, taking something from one end, putting it on yeah. the other, and believing it's now bigger. Sure. Well, they're low-income people, so they'll be happy with what they get. Shut well, up. you know, Saudi Shut Arabia is notorious, so is United Arab Emirates and Kuwait, for basically getting people from really poor countries like Bangladesh and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and then holding them hostage. Hostage, yeah. They're, they're, they're in, indentured, indentured servitude. Sure. So basically what it is. Basically, the Saudi, Saudi royal family has been injecting huge amounts of its own money into the economy for the last few years, which has kept the actual budget deficit lower than it would have been without their version. And this is – I like this one. I, I trademarked it because this is Middle Eastern quantitative easing. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. No. Because what the Saudi family is doing is they're taking their own money. Mm-hmm. They're – Hundreds of billions of dollars, trillions. They have trillions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is in order to kind of artificially futz with the budget numbers, they're just taking their money. What we would do here in America is we would print money. Mm -hmm. Okay? We print money and then inject it in and we hope that it doesn't lead to inflationary pressures by having so much – yeah, by – by devaluing the dollar, it inflates the the, how many dollars it takes. Sure. Okay? What they're doing is taking their own money. So you got to give them credit for that. They're not printing. They're literally taking their own money and throwing it in there. And it's been huge amounts of money. Mm-hmm. I have the figures somewhere, but it was like $30 billion one year and $42 billion the year before that. Okay. They literally just took their own money and put it in there. But it seemed, but I wrote down, it seems like the monarchy's well of national magnanimity has run dry. You can almost hear them pleading, brother, can you spare a real? Our, 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 You're like, come uh, on, come on. I, I got to get a little bit, nothing. That was real li- bad. Real. Snap. But that's basically what they're doing is they're saying, you know, the wells run dry in this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we now have to do all these other things. The country, according to Bloomberg, will rely more on foreign investors to finance the fiscal gap. After raising a record $17.5 billion in its first ever bond sale in October, they are planning to do another issue for 10 to $15 billion in international bonds in 2017. Now, bonds, in case 
for anybody who doesn't understand like the basics of them, basically what you do is you do a bond issue. The bonds have a payout schedule, five-year, 10-year, 30-year, you know, they're bonds. You invest in them, they have a percentage payout rate based on fluctuation of an economy depending on mm-hmm. where that economy is based. So what they're doing is they're raising a whole bunch of money and then they're going to, over time, pay it out to the people who buy those bonds you know, with a percentage, you know, with a VIG. Mm-hmm. With a VIG. Okay, that's what they're doing. Never been done before. Saudi Arabia has issued twenty, has issued uh, seventeen billion, and they're going to do another ten. If it's going to, they're going to do approximately thirty billion dollars in bonds, and then they're going to have an IPO for five percent of Aramco, which should raise another hundred billion dollars. So these guys are basically trying to figure out a way to come up with one hundred thirty billion dollars that they've got as a shortfall in their GDP. Every year. Right. Now, it's now. remember, I have to keep reminding you of this. It's Saudi Arabia. $261 billion of proven oil reserves. I can't even think of what the math on that is. But the amount of money that's actually worth at $55 a barrel mm-hmm. is just freaking, what, five? That's a trillion, 300 billion. Uh, so that would be $10 trillion, 300 billion dollars. At fifty dollars a barrel, I didn't even add. I didn't even add in the five because I just wanted to do the fifty. Fifty times two hundred sixty-one billion. Okay, now you, mm-hmm. you there you go. Okay, that's a lot of money, and yet they they've got a shortfall. Isn't that incredible? Yep. You gotta love it. My mother is calling me in the middle of my show. It's like that she doesn't happens, know what time I do my show. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. So that's what's going on. Quote: The two thousand and seventeen budget shows a shift from deep retrenchment and austerity. Hmm. To one that is focused on supporting critical areas of growth in the economy and particularly the non-oil-based economy, said Monica Malik, the chief economist at Abu Dhabi Commercial Bank. The Abu Dhabi right. Commercial Bank. I prefer their credit union, but, you know. <laughs> right. Smaller, uh, more sure. intimate. Yeah, yeah, that's right. More intimate. Fewer locations, but it's But okay. this, is, this, is, this is interesting. She goes, the expansionary stance would give the economy a breather. It would mm. give it a breather. But in the long term, there will still be a need for further fiscal reforms to reduce the deficit. So basically what she's saying is what we know here in America all too often, that they're going to do all this stuff now, but we're going to have to fucking pay for it later, pal. Oh, yeah. And you know who's going to pay for it later? Not them. Us. us. We do. We get stuck with the bill. So with all that on your radar screen, if you're Rex Tillerson and you're about to powwow with Putin, what's your play? What's your well, play? It's already been no, it's not a play. It's not. This has it, been no. The, yeah. Keep in of, mind that the proposed castration of the EPA, right? Okay. Also, the reapproval of the Keystone XL pipeline and the one trillion dollar reconstruction bill are all visible now on the horizon. Okay, I'm betting. Okay, and this is going to sound strange, but I'm betting that Putin's going to be disappointed, and here's why. Okay. It wouldn't surprise me if the sanctions against Russia were tightened. They're not going to be loosened. He's not going to loosen loosen the sanctions. He's going to tighten them, especially with all the fake news about how they fussed with our election. You can't give them something now while these— They don't care. All right, look— No, trust me. They do. And hold on. Here's why. I I can tell you why. Okay. There are two important entities, okay, that don't want a glut of Russian, or for that matter, Iranian oil, suddenly dumped onto the open market. And those two entities are the Saudi Arabians and us. We're the two major players that don't want a lot of new oil suddenly thrust onto the economy because guess what? That keeps prices down, and that's bad for who? Well, it's mm-hmm. bad for Saudi Arabia, 
and it's bad for American oil interests. This is something that we need to keep an eye on. Putin's visit, uh, Saudi Arabia and OPEC got together and actually came to an agreement about lowering uh, OPEC's output so that they can keep the price back up. They have a target price. I set my target price for what? 60 mm-hmm. to 62? Yeah. Their target price? Wait for it. All right. 60. Saudi Arabia's target price is $60 a barrel. Okay. So I'm feeling pretty good, even okay. though oil prices right now are actually down uh, for December 17 contracts versus where they were when I originally made my claim at the very beginning of the year. So I'm actually on margin taking a take. I'm taking a pretty severe beating right now. Right. <laughs> you know? But this is something that needs to be paid attention to. All right. The oil market is critical. Okay, to what's going to be going on on the international stage. But Putin put a medal on Tillerson. Yeah, Yeah. you know what? He's going there. He's not going there to give him something. He's going there. He's going there to take orders. No, he's he's going there to give. He's going there to give Putin a mea culpa. All right. I think that's what he's going to do. He's going to say, "Look, I know that we promised you we'd be, but but unfortunately, my boss is such a whack job." That we've now put ourselves in a position where we can't okay. do that. And uh, Saudi Arabia yeah. okay, is going to – let me tell you something. The biggest player in this is Saudi Arabia because they need to make more money. Oh, no. And as far as who we depend on, mm-hmm. they are more important than Russia. They, right. Of course, they're in the Middle East. We need them there as our ally despite the fact that they are truly – they are on one side of terrorism – they're mm-hmm. sponsors of terrorism. Yeah. Okay? But they're sponsors of terrorism that, that we get along with, okay? Right. Seriously. I that's am. what it comes down to. Pay attention. Pay attention to oil. oil. Pay attention to Saudi Arabia's bond issuing and the IPO. And they're not going to do the IPO in America because that means everybody gets a chance to look at their books. They're going to do it someplace. London would probably be difficult. I'm guessing they're probably going to go a, uh, to a Far East. I think in Hong Kong or Singapore would be a good bet for them because those guys don't give a shit. They just care about what the numbers are. And so Saudi Arabia can, you know, can fudge whatever they want. And remember, they're giving away 5%, not the whole ball of wax. So the other 95% are actually going to be a factor in this, whether you like it or not. You know, pay attention to oil. I'm begging you. Okay, do you need to put that battery in before we can go to the next set? No, I'm ready to go. You're ready to go? I'm just saying... This is important stuff, folks. I know it's complicated. I know I'm a fucking geek. <laughs> I admit it. I openly revel in my nerd. Geekdom. Yes. I revel in my nerddom. I revel in my geekdom when it comes to something like this. But it is important. Pay attention to what's going to happen on the global oil market. Pay attention to what happens when Tillerson comes back. From his meeting with Russia, start taking a look at what, at how big the bond issue is for Aramco and how big the IPO initial offering winds up being. And I'd like to see what the price, you know, because you see these IPOs, they get they get issued on the first day and they go skyrocketing. First day, day one. People make all, all the guys who get the insider price, you know, get who are who are yeah. allowed to get the initial offering. They just make buckets of money. Let's see who makes buckets of money on this one or in this case. Barrels of money. Ooh. Let's see who makes all the money on this one. And pay attention because Keystone opening up, more Canadian oil. Let's see if gas prices are, as I predicted, above $3 a gallon for regular by the end of this year. I'm sticking with that. All right. I'm sticking with it.
I, I'm sticking with it. We already saw the stock market do a little bit of a nosedive, but that's going to rebound because now everybody's going to start talking about taxes again. Oh, now it's tax reform. We've moved on. We've moved on. Mm-hmm. We've moved on to tax reform. And then it's going to be infrastructure. And there's already talk about trying to get Democrats yeah. on board. So that's going to make all the Wall Street people feel really, really good. And then right after the summer break, all right, right after their August recess, they don't get a vacation. They get an August recess. The fuck with Congress. Right after that is when is when reality is going to set in. Okay, so I'm short in the market in the fall. I'm I'm long and I'm long and crude, short in gold. All I right. like gold going down again. Although that's basically gold's basically remained flat for the last two and a half three months. So I don't understand that at all. There's no inflation. We re- yeah. There's no inflation. And by the way, just to be just to be clear, they've now lowered the interest rate, the prime rate. Okay, mm-hmm. interest rates and inflation generally move counter to each other. So the higher the interest rate, the lower the inflation. That's what it's a, that's the way it's supposed to work in traditional like and traditional macroeconomics. Actually, mm-hmm. Yeah, micro and macroeconomics. Okay, my question is, if there's no inflation and they've raised the interest rates, why are gold prices still at twelve hundred dollars an uh, an ounce? I don't know. Can somebody please? I'm begging you, explain this to me. I don't understand it. There's a lot of things I don't understand. That just happens to be one of them. Hey, guess what? All right, enough. Uh, Is enough? It was enough. I, I think I'm so. looking at your On eye. the entertainment scale, <laughs> the, I consider sc- uh, stock and commodities talk right above sports talk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You know, I'm rooting for Oregon. They're the only number seven right. seed in the final four. Hey, we keep the groove going here. What do we have coming up? Oh, I love it. Porno for Pyro's bad shit on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
monkey song ever recorded that you probably are unaware of that is called long titles do i have to do this all over again it's from the soundtrack from the movie head which is basically you know those guys were all tv and uh they only did one movie that was released in theaters and that's what it was it was called head shout out to my friend uh adam wilson my brother from down under he's from australia and i was on the phone with him maybe a couple of days ago and i was telling him that i had this money he's like oh the monkeys they stand i was like i tell you what i promise i got a song you'll like so shout out to adam hopefully likes that you know the uh shooting script for that movie was written by jack nicholson and the uh the entire song is written by peter tork and uh sung by peter tork you know it's always uh you know the other people you know it's uh where Carol King was writing all of all yeah. the monkey songs. Well, she actually be... wrote a couple of tracks on uh, from the soundtrack to this movie. So she did that. Let me see. What do we have before that? Yeah, a couple of songs that are both in the uh, Breakbeat Hall of Fame. We had Juice, Catch a Groove, which is from 1976. It was released as a 45. On, I, love the na- I love the title of this label that it's on. Greedy Records. That's the name of Greedy. It's on the Greedy label. Before that, T-Connection groove to get down, which is from On Fire. Those guys are from the Bahamas. Uh, and that's also in the backbeat or the breakbeat, excuse me, the breakbeat Hall of Fame. Kicking off the set, yeah, Porno for Pyro's bad shit from their first CD, Porno for Pyro's. I remember people telling me I look like Perry Farrell, but that was a long time ago. You still do. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just... I, I will say this. No, Perry Farrell has a much larger nose than Anyone. Yeah, I know. Mine's Anyone big in the world. Mine's right. big. That was, that was why I was That's always insulted. I'm like, okay, I know I've got a prominent proboscis, but for the love of you're, Christ. You're getting, you're getting approximated is what's going on. <laughs> They're just rounding your nose up to Perry Farrell because it's the, it's the closest. Because you know what? Because Jimmy Tarandi ain't around anymore. <laughs> Jimmy Tarandi. That's right. Jimmy did a good point. Nobody there. knows who the hell that is. <laughs> well, it is time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, that's right. Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. 954-247-9362. Dave, the entire ASE certified crew. I've finally gotten that right. It took me two years, mm-hmm. but I know it's ASE. 
I know it's eight. Okay, yeah. I finally got that right. Bumper to bumper coverage. If you've got an internal combustion engine, one, you're about to be a member of history, and two, if you still have one, all right, that's the place to bring it. I know he just he just finished building. Remember, I was telling you about this uh, Triumph motorcycle that he'd gotten, and he was saying, you know, twenty years ago people would call this a piece of junk. Now mm. it's a collector's item. Yeah, there you go. He's got it up and running. He, I was in there three weeks ago, you know, three four weeks ago, and it was in pieces. I just saw a picture of him the other day cruising around on it. He like literally took the entire, they put it on a new frame, mm. reframed the fucker. Nice. So yeah, okay, he's not you know anything, anything, anything that you've got. Bumper to bumper, okay? Very easy to get to right off Atlantic, okay? If you need any instructions as to what they do or want to get in touch with them, make sure that they can do what you need them to do. And I promise you, if it has to do with something that moves from point A to point B on wheels, Mm -hmm. he's your man. All right. All right? What you can do is go to the SoFloRadio.com website. Click on the box that says Tony C's SoFlo Groovathon. What you're going to see is a list of every show I've ever done. There are links for each and every show so that you can download and or listen to them for free. Mm-hmm. And above each link, you'll see a list of the songs played on that show. So every song I've ever played is listed on my page right there. And at the very top of the page, a fantastic description of the show. And you will see a link within that description for Precision Auto Works. Click on the link. It takes you right to their site. 954-247-9362. Precision Auto Works. It is absolutely the place where people who love their cars take their cars and 100% Groovathon approved. Mention the Groovathon when you go in there. There is a discount. You won't need it. Very, very, very fairly priced. More importantly, when you pay for something to get done, it actually gets done correctly. And without that extra work that says, Ah, you're going to have to come back later so I can get more money out of you. That doesn't happen. What does happen is the job you want done correctly for a fair price and nothing else, which is, you know, saying something about the auto repair industry these days. So, for the drive groove, we lost one of the greats. Uh, You know, people talk about David Bowie or Prince or any of these other people we've lost. Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry... He's on the Mount Rushmore of rock and roll. Right. He's he's. he's you want to make a Mount Rushmore of rock and roll? Nikolai Tesla of uh, rock and roll. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He is on the Mount Rushmore. He is Chuck Berry. I have a set of seven songs here, four by Chuck Berry and three by other people. And every the, the amount of music that you hear on rock stations, particularly if you listen to like the classic rock stations, you know, okay, it's fifty percent of it is Chuck Berry. of it, and the other 50% is Bo Diddley, for Christ's sake. That's it. Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley. I'm done. (laughs) Sure. Little Richard, fine, fantastic. You know, whatever. But that's it. Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley. I'm happy with that. I I got no problem with that. So I put together a nice little set here with a whole bunch of songs. Chuck, you know, is the man. Chuck Berry is the man. He really, you know, that kind of loss really cannot be calculated because he was, as I mentioned earlier this year, he was working on a new album. He was working on a new CD, and boy, I really hope that he got a whole bunch of stuff in the can before he passed away because every I want every last morsel of Chuck Berry I can get my hands on. If there's more out there, I want it. Of course, I have the complete Chuck Berry recordings. I mean, that, that should go without saying. I mean, if you don't have that, I don't know. I don't even know what to tell you anymore. Your your collection isn't complete. But we've got the drive groove going today, and we're going to kick it off a little guitar boogie from Chuck Berry on the Groovathon. 
on SoFloRadio.com.
Well, it's Saturday night and I just got paid. Fool away my money, don't try to save. My heart says go, go, have a time. Cause it's Saturday night, boy, and I'll be fine. Gonna rock it up. I'm gonna rip it up. I'm gonna shake it up. I'm gonna ball it up. I wanna rock it up. Ball the night. I got a day that I won't be late. Picking her up in my 88. Cruise on down by the Union Hall. John starts jumping, we'll have a ball. Gonna rock it up. Yes, I'm gonna rip it up. I'm gonna shake it up. I'm gonna ball it up. I'm gonna rock it up and ball the Up in the sky Don't care if I spend my dough Cause tonight I'ma be one Happy soul I'm gonna rock it up I'm gonna rip it up I'm gonna shake it up I'm gonna ball it up I'm gonna rock it up And ball the
With an open book and a sleepy look The teacher can't be fooled I catch up fast in the early class The teacher will never know That I postponed my work at home Watching the evening show Hey there, Anthony boy Why you in such a rush? Oh! The girl, she wanna talk to you Look at him, he's a blush oh! Three o'clock in the afternoon Completes the day of school Before the ding can cease to ring He's in the vestibule Betty and Barbara and Jeannie and Jane are yakety-yakin' with Joan About some things that Anthony told her over the telephone Hey there, Johnny, me boy, why you in such a rush? Oh! The girl, she wanna talk to you, look at him, he's a blush Great one, singing about yours truly. Yeah, Anthony Boy. That's right, from Chuck Berry is on Self-indulgent there. A little self-indulgent. Hey, you know what? It's Chuck Berry. That's right. So indulge out the yin-yang, pal. That is Anthony's Boy from Chuck Berry is on top from 1959 during his Chess Records days. I didn't play a single Chuck Berry song in that set that was recorded after 1960. I'm proud of that. For that Albert Lee sweet little Lisa with that, that... fantastic Chuck Berry beat before that Chuck Berry sweet little rock and roller from 1958 that's the 45 version before that the Beatles sweet little 16 from live at the BBC before that Chuck Berry rip it up yeah you do a little 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 Richard song there there was a, a bet going on between I think it was little Richard Chuck Berry and Jerry Lee Lewis about who was gonna who was gonna you know live the longest so now it's down I think Jerry Lee Lewis may may wind up surprisingly being the last man standing before that the rolling stones carol from england's newest hit makers that was the rolling stones second album and kicking off the set yeah chuck berry guitar boogie from one dozen berries which was his 1958 album also on the chess records so there you go a little you know had to do it of course had to do he it. deserves it yeah he's chuck berry so before we split, and I've got a great finishing song, a brand new track's not even released, but there are a couple of goodbyes. A couple of people passed away, New York City icons. First one is Jimmy Breslin, who is literally a fucking hero, okay? Um, he wrote, you know, he actually wrote a column, I was telling you about this a couple of minutes ago, he wrote a column uh, about the guy who dug the grave for JFK's um, grave casket okay to put the casket in and that's what he was great at he wrote about the the big news stories from the perspective of the average new yorker and just you know he's a tremendous loss okay and i i had written down i said that for people who think that and you know nobody like him is going to come along again i think that's pessimistic because we need somebody like him to come along again we need people like him to carry that torch what does how does What's the perspective of the average guy on all this big shit that people are talking about? Which is what I was talking about earlier with oil. Mm. All these big guys want to do this. How's it affect me and you? Me and you. 
average Joe. Right. Okay. And Breslin was great at that. He won a uh, Pulitzer in 86 uh, for his columns in the Daily News. And he uh, he was, along with authors such as Tom Wolfe, Gatesley's, and Hunter S. Thompson, credited as one of the founders of the new journalism of the 1970s that melded literary devices with shoe leather reporting. He's really one of those. He's the last, mm-hmm. really, of the great go-out-and-get-the-fucking-story reporters. He's not sitting on a phone. He's not calling up his contacts. He's not on Google. He was out there, cigar in his mouth, a you know, a 25-year-old friggin' jacket, Okay, uh-huh. a tie that was never he that top button, uh-huh. the top button on his shirt never buttoned. I don't care if he was at the Al Smith dinner or sitting in his own bar or restaurant, Breslin's, by the way, which my friend uh, Marco, his dad, opened up. He opened up a bar named Breslin's with uh, I'm trying to remember the other guy he opened up with, but I uh, Jimmy Breslin's uh, survived by his wife, um, Ronnie Ald- Ronnie Eldridge, and Ronnie Eldridge. Uh, I knew from when I was a kid because Ronnie Eldridge's daughter, Lucy, went to school with me. So <clears throat> there's a nice Calhoun connection there. Another passing um, of note of a New York City icon for a century. This guy was an icon. David Rockefeller, the last surviving grandson of the original John D. Rockefeller. And say what you will about this guy. He's 101 years old when he died. And um, there's a great picture of a friend of mine from high school, Mike Strawbridge, um, who is David Rockefeller's grandson. So he's the great-great-grandson of John D. Rockefeller. I went to high school with Jeff and Michael and Sabrina Strawbridge. And there's a great picture of Michael at his 50th birthday with David Rockefeller at his 100th birthday. That's nice. It is. It's just, you know, it was one of those pictures. And it should, the picture itself is good. And it's got Michael leaning in and David Rockefeller, you know, the patriarch, like saying something to him. And, you know, when literally, forget about E.F. Hutton, whom I used to work for, okay? Mm-hmm. When David Rockefeller spoke, everybody listened. Everybody around the world. The U.N. building, let me tell you, you want to know why the U.N. building is in New York? Rockefeller's had a lot to do with that. And say what you will about this guy who was the chairman of the board for Chase Manhattan and spent a lot of time going all over the world lobbying for, for lack of a better term, laissez-faire capitalism. Okay, pure right. capitalism, American capitalism as he saw it. Okay, this is a guy who spent the better part of a century literally getting shit done. He didn't talk the talk. He walked the walk. And at the end of the day, he, as the patriarch for the Rockefeller Foundation, oversaw their complete and utter divestment of all of their oil interests. The Rockefeller Foundation, which is big, <laughs> okay, yeah. no longer has any investments in oil. And, you know, you think about that. Right. And, you know, they're the guys that invented oil. They, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. they invented oil. Standard oil. Yep. Okay. And now they have no interest. And, and I think that that is a lesson that we sure. should be learning here in America. Okay. Because the people that originally founded it have recognized over the years that, yeah, they, they profited from it as well as anybody can. I mean, John D. Rockefeller at one point was the richest man in the world, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. And now they say oil bad, oil bad. Yeah, oil the is same bad. way. The same way that Warren Buffett says derivatives bad. He had derivatives yeah. in his in his portfolio. Now, no, you know, we need to pay attention to these people, and you know, and and we need to pay more attention to these people 
at the end yeah. of their lives when they have you know when they've gotten past the how much money can I make and is my family going to be taken care of yep. for generations to come and then they settle in and go okay hold on a second what can I do that's really good as right. a legacy for humanity. Andrew Carnegie, the man who dies rich, dies disgraced. Dies disgraced. Carnegie, and literally. If anybody else had said that, you'd go, yeah, hey, what do you know? Yeah, but it's Dale. Uh, right, right. It's the guy, like, yeah. you know, steel. Sure. Yeah, U.S. steel. You know, you think about the people that invented mm-hmm. this country. Right. Those guys. The Roblings, okay? You, you know, the guys who built the Brooklyn Bridge, he made his yeah. fortune before mm-hmm. he built the Brooklyn Bridge on yes, steel wiring. That's how he made his money, based on the steel that Carnegie was producing these mm-hmm. guys, and they gave away bazillions of dollars, and they yeah. their families have transformed themselves into philanthropic, yeah, mega philanthropic people. And so I'm proud to say that I am friends with you know several people from the Rockefeller family because at the end of the day, they've done the right thing. They have come full circle and done the right, and and I'm proud of that. Yeah. My friends Jeff and Michael, you know, good job, guys. Because I know they're part of that. I know Jeff. I know Jeff for a fact is like you know oil bad, Elon Musk good. <laughs> okay, excellent. Yeah, I'm gonna. I got to give Elon Musk a call and see if I can get him to sponsor this show. Absolutely. You know? He's a good guy. He's a good guy. What's it going to cost him? Yeah. What? Couple 20, 30 grand a week. Yeah. Couple of reals here and there. Couple of reals, right? Yeah, that's couple of billion reals. That's a callback in the comedy business. Right? <laughs> that's exactly. It. So. What I did is I figured I would finish up the show with a song that I think is going to become an instant classic, okay, especially for old school born and bred New Yorkers like myself. This is a track from Garland Jeffries, and I played a track of his after I got back from New York. I met him when I was home for Thanksgiving, and I got I was lucky enough to have uh, be invited to dinner by my friend Tom Semioli, and Garland Jeffries was at the dinner, and he wrote, um, you know, he had that... Uh, Big song, Wild in the Streets. It was a skater anthem. That was it. Yeah. Remember I told you yep. about that, yep. Skater Boy? Mm-hmm. It's a skater anthem. And he is now coming come out. He's about to come out. It's April the 28th is the release date for his brand new CD. It's called 14 Steps to Harlem. And I've chosen the, uh, the title track from that. And there's some interesting connections on here because uh, Laurie Anderson... Um, plays violin All right. on this. The, he went, Garland Jeffries went to college at Syracuse University with Lou Reed. That's All where right. they met. And uh, also on this is Mark Bosch on guitar. Now, Mark Bosch is the guitar player for Ian Hunter's Ramp Band. That also happened, and the bass player for that band is my very good friend, Paul Page. So there's a little bit of a connection there. Um, also, his daughter, uh, Savannah, sings on this. Uh, Garland Jeffries' daughter, Savannah. Uh, Jeffrey sings on this. She does a duet. There's some really cool tracks on there. He does a couple of covers. He does a cover on this of uh, Question Mark and Mysterians, 96 Tears. Tony Coleman, Six Degrees of Tony Coleman tie in there. Yeah. Right. I got a good friend of mine, Roger Hitz. His brother was the bass player for Question Mark and Mysterians for a while. There we go. I got Six Degrees going on all over the place. But this is a CD, um, especially for New Yorkers, but anybody who appreciates songs that tell a tale. Songs that have a story behind it, that have emotion built into it. This is a CD that I can't wait to get the rest of the CD. I've only gotten this one teaser track, and I'm I'm very grateful uh, to Garland and his wife, actually, who sent it to me. I believe Garland's about to go on tour. For all you people who want to know what a true storyteller in the Lou Reed tradition, mm-hmm. that kind of thing where 
you know, one of the songs, I've played this on the song before, uh, Waiting for the Man. I'm uh-huh. Waiting for the Man. Uh, you know, Waiting for the Man. Okay? That's one of those songs. That kind of song, okay, is what Garland Jeffries does at this stage right now, you know, having listened to this song, he may be better at this right now than anybody else out there. And from a New York perspective, he's at the top of the heap now. He's, he's it. He is now our official keeper of the musical journal um, at this point. You know, am I a journal or a journalist? Are you eternal or an eternalist? Ooh. He's he is both a journalist and an eternalist because this is going to be an instant classic. It is a song called 14 Steps to Harlem. It talks about his father when they were living in Sheepshead Bay, how he had to take the train all the way from Sheepshead Bay up to Harlem to go to work. And it was, you know, a grunt job. And his father was um it was, you know, it was a tough job. It was a working man's job. It's the kind of job where you shower after work, not before work. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You don't yeah. wear a suit. You wear, you know, jeans and work boots, mm-hmm. okay, and a flannel shirt, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, having lived in Harlem for years and years and years and spent a great deal of time in Sheepshead Bay because Randazzo's best fried calamar in the city. Fortunately, the restaurant's not there. Now they just have the the uh, the, the little you know, counter. They have the counter, mm-hmm. the, the sauce. It's the sauce at Randazzo's. That place was great. It was the one place that, that had like lobster fratiavolo on the regular menu. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, seasonal. They had lobster fratiavolo 365 days a year available at Randazzo's. That's old school, baby. That is freaking old school right there. So that's how I'm finishing off the show with a brand new Garland Jeffries track called 14 Steps to Harlem. Hey, baby. Ready to go? Yeah, we are. As always, I'm going to come back. Hopefully, we're going to come back in two weeks again. We'll see yeah, how it goes. Yeah. I got a lot of stuff coming up, so who knows? Maybe, you know, we'll do three-week gaps and much longer shows. I, I know I know how much you approve ah! of that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're sick as a dog, so we got to get out of here. So for myself and Graham's Master Flash and all of his decongestants, yo, yo. as always, it is aloha and peace. Good night, Mom. Steps to Harlem. Fourteen steps. Fourteen steps to Harlem. Fourteen steps. Daddy takes the train to the one, two, five. Early in the morning he get on the train And he bring it on home Mama worked in a sugar factory Domino was the name Take the one, two, five. That is home by six o'clock. Do it every day. Every which end way. Fourteen steps to Harlem. Do it every day. Fourteen steps. 
Hollywood Boulevard. You're listening to SoFloRadio.com.